On today's episode of The Trojan Horse, we'll dive into the world of art at CVHS. You'll hear Turtle Newman's interview with the organizer of CV Spotlight, and Drew Paxman's interview with the Thespian Society co-presidents Charlotte Carpenter and Annie Moore. Plus, poet Maggie Rodas kicks off our Student Voices series, and Wide Franklin gives an interview with future Fresno State track star Lene Sims. All this on the February episode of The Trojan Horse. Here's the deal. When you go to State Farm, you get a local agent that can deliver good neighbor service at surprisingly great rates. Pick the right team. Give Anglin Insurance and Financial Services Incorporated a call at 510-537-8100. That's 510-537-8100. From musical performances, to intricately choreographed dances, to even juggling, CV Spotlight gave the Castor Valley community a place for students to showcase hidden talents. The Olympian's Turtle Newman got a chance to sit down with the creators of Castor Valley's new talent show, who would work until the early hours of the morning playing on how to best bring these hidden talents to you. So, who are these creators? Hi, I'm Eileen from Becca Music Production. Hello, uh, I'm Jesse. I'm an officer at Trium and also a minor officer at DECA. Hi, I'm Austin and I am also an officer at Trium. So what were your roles like in working on CV Spotlight? Uh, I was one of the event coordinators at Trium and so we what we kind of did or what I kind of did was take part in a lot of the logistical work behind the concert. A lot of this was not only figuring out like what equipment we would use, and where we would get the equipment, but also reaching out to performers and just kind of making sure the communication was going on between the parties. I'm VP of Hospitality from DECA, so I was automatically chosen as a delegate to represent our club in CV Spotlight. My role from DECA involves taking minutes and organizing kind of like the paperwork and just kind of the files of what we need. This kind of includes like the audition sign-up sheet, some of the meeting minute. It was also the scoring sheet for judges, which I also managed under DECA. For music productions and I wasn't a delegate, but I did do like coordinating the auditions, which involved making the Google form, sending it out, and making sure that people stayed on the sign-up sheet. Also backstage, making sure that all the transitions were running smoothly. I was Triumph's other event coordinator. Yeah, I was all over the place. From judging to delegation to backstage work. That's really admirable that you guys did so much. What preparations had to be made in the beginning? I guess I assume that would be like auditions. Not really. As we know, Stevie Spotlight is still considered a new show. Yes, our school has hosted talent shows in the past, but this is only the second year which Triumph Music Production, Music Transcends, and DECA have all hosted it together. So it was kind of like a struggle in the beginning where we had our planning meetings just mostly about Who's going to do what? What are each club's roles in the show? I think Jesse can kind of talk to you more about why this is so important compared to like the struggles of last year. 
Yeah. Last year, as we were kind of exploring how to move forward with the show, you could say the backstage or like behind the scenes was a little bit disorganized, especially in terms of how responsibilities were split. And so going into Spotlight this year, we're really aiming to flesh that out a bit more, hammer out who's going to do what, we set roles for everyone. And so our first meetings as a coalition were about uh, the determination of roles. For pre-show prep work, it was just mostly like figuring out how we would work together and like they said distribution of jobs obviously we had to work through auditions and yeah stuff like that for auditions i think eileen you talked a little bit about this but uh who planned the auditions or like who organized them in regards to that it was mainly me i kind of reworked the google sign-up sheet that we had last year and kind of like just remade it after that i sent out the form to deca who made a qr code and kind of like advertised hey, sign up for CV Spotlight, come audition. The process was kind of weird because I've never ran a show before, so I was still trying to figure out how am I going to actually get these people to sign up, right? We had a lot of struggle with trying to figure out where auditions would take place. As you know, it was in the mat room. But like, just like a struggle with coordinating with Triumph because they were in charge of logistics and venue, and I was just trying my best to like, okay, here are the acts. Gotta figure out how I'm going to get them to sign up for auditions and make sure that whatever time works for both of us. Which is how we kind of ended up doing dead week, kind of, like before finals. I know a lot of people kind of complained that we were doing it last minute. In regards to that, there were struggles in the beginning with dividing roles. A lot of delegation meetings were pushed back like a month. After that, orchestra had concerts, right? Yeah, just in general, the music program had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the semester. Yeah, because I remember trying to get auditions in end of November-ish, but then we realized seniors had college apps. First week of December, orchestra and band had a bunch of concerts, so we couldn't do that. Somehow it ended up being pushed to dead week, which uh, we might have to work on next year if this continues. Did you have a specific amount of acts in mind or specific kinds of acts in mind? Or what, what, what went into choosing which acts got into the final show, CV Spotlight. We had kind of been throwing around the number of acts since the very beginning of the show. I think we went from like 20 to like 12, 24? like 24, 15. We were like all It was a little bit of a pendulum. It, was like, it, it changed a lot. And then as for what acts we had in mind, it was primarily music focused acts that we had wanted to do, but we were definitely trying to be open-minded to different types of acts that may have come up like we had thrown around the idea of like magic acts or like i think juggling came up once for some reason <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was really about like it was all it, it changed a lot depending on how we were feeling that day i guess i don't know i feel like we did a really good job at kind of balancing out the variety of our acts especially like this year i believe that the only auditions we had were either People were playing instruments, they were singing or dancing. I feel like we still did a really good job at keeping up variety in a way. So how were rehearsals for the show? I mean, how many rehearsals were there? And uh, who was in charge of that rehearsal? So I think you're going to start to see a trend with a lot of what I talk about, because a lot of this comes from lessons that we learned from last year. Mm -hmm. And one of those lessons is to not hold a last minute tech rehearsal on the day of the show. So, <laughs> I just remember last year, it was pretty bad because 
I don't know if I can speak for the rest of the planning committee, but at least I had underestimated the amount of work that goes into planning something like Spotlight, and especially um, into especially the work that goes into running a tech rehearsal like Spotlight. And so we found ourselves kind of scrambling in like the two hours before the show to just get everything together. And that ended up not doing too well because I think during the show, some of the transitions were also very iffy and time consuming. And so this year we really wanted to not have that happen again. So we held a separate tech rehearsal on the week of where we could figure out the tech needs of all the the tech needs of all of the performers and the acts and i think this time something that really helped was that we had a lot of support from the cfa and their people and their tech crews uh, they were very helpful and very patient in this whole process and uh, i feel like without them this show would have been a, a lot a, a bit harder to run yeah how do you guys feel about the final show and also do you have any acts you particularly liked or wanted to shout out I'm really glad that we pushed for the talent aspect of the show and kind of like gave fair consideration to all performers who were auditioning and kind of like letting them perform because I don't know the thing about this show I really enjoyed is that we have so many performances at our school including plays and the musicals and other like or concerts I think the special thing about this show is that Anyone who has a talent can audition and because of that opportunity, we got to see so many amazing performances. As always, after something big like Spotlight, there has to be some period for reflection. I think the coalition is going to keep holding meetings, thinking over what happened, what went well, what didn't. And we're going to help the next generations of Spotlight planners. Yeah, CB Spotlight, it, yeah, it was really valuable to the community. Um, it was an amazing show. Thank you guys, Jesse, Elian, Austin, for all your work organizing it. Attention student drivers! Bay Area Driving School has been teaching Castor Valley High School students to get their learner's permit and driver's license since 1949. They offer teen driver's ed online and virtual driver's ed class. Get your permit at 15 and a half years old and your license at 16 years old. Check out the website BayAreaDriving.com to get started today. Learn to drive safely with confidence and precision with Bay Area Driving School. That is the voice of Charlotte Carpenter singing I'd Rather Be Me from the musical comedy Mean Girls. Not only is Carpenter tackling the role of Janice Sarkeesian in the CVHS Drama Department's spring production of the musical, but she is a leader of the school's thespian society. And along with co-president Annie Moore, the two make an unstoppable duo. Last week, the Olympians Drew Paxman spoke with Moore and Carpenter on what students should expect from the thespian society in the coming months. And, maybe even more importantly, what even is Thespian Society? Basically, we are a thespian troupe, a part of the Thespian Society, which is just a group of theater kids. It also, it helps, like, the theater kids in this school get better access or, like, more information to opportunities that they can take to pursue theater. 
I think a lot of people at the school know about Radium Girls that happened in the fall, and they know that Mean Girls is happening in the spring now. Is there anything else that's been going on in theater that maybe people don't know about? Oh my gosh, Drew, this is going to be such a surprise to you, but we're going to go to a thespian competition in March. We're going to go compete. It's like a theater kid competition where we sing, we dance, monologues and it's just for like a little score we get evaluated evaluated and then we're gonna go to Disneyland it's gonna be very fun mm -hmm. little road trip with our pals and then also me and our troop some of the kids in our class we went to a competition out in San Jose we didn't place or anything but it was really fun um, we did the Wiz, which is like a rendition of the Wizard of Oz and that's just some of the things that just fill up our time in between the musical and the play. Yes. How'd it go, The Wiz? It went well. Honestly, it was, it was definitely interesting being there because it was a, they were all student-ran pieces. Having to perform it in front of an actual audience was very interesting because it didn't really seem as serious until we were there. But it was, it was very fun. So what are some upcoming events that are happening that, aside from Mean Girls, or you can talk about Mean Girls if you want? Well, other than Mean Girls, we recently had an improv show canceled. I think we're going to plan on getting our varsity team together for an improv show. But um, we're planning on trying to figure out when we can have a show. And during the thespian competition, we have an improv like show kind of showcase. I mean, yeah, you said Mean Girls, but I'm kind of excited for Mean Girls. But I'm interested to see how it's going to turn out because it's our last musical for me and Charlotte at least. And so I'm interested to see how it's all going to work out. And just to clarify, Charlotte, you're playing... Janice. And you're, you, Annie, are playing... Miss George. So how is developing the characters going for both of you? Because they're obviously iconic characters both on film and on stage. And how are you guys both trying to make it your own? Well, for me, I think that I'm very blessed and lucky to be so naturally just goofy. I don't know who else to say that. But I think that actually studying, well not studying, but just like paying attention to my mom, just all the moms that I know and being like, how can I do that? But like 10 times crazier. And so I'm just thinking of this just like really funny over the top lady and it's just kind of like happening. And it's just, I don't know, it's something that's just really fun. And the more fun I'm having, the better it gets. So I think that developing this character, I think after like the costumes come in and all the props and stuff, it'll definitely set what it's supposed to be. But I think it's going really well. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Janice, I, I feel similar to her in, in some ways. It's very interesting because it's, it's usually the type of character I would play like Rizzo is similar to that. Irene and Radium Girls, she was more of the like, yeah. the sass or whatever. And and Janice has a lot of that in my personal opinion, just in a different way. <laughs> also realize that I've played many characters who are like funny, but this one is probably the funniest, most over the top one that I've ever done in my life. So I'm actually really excited for my final performance at CVHS to be a crazy one. This character, like specifically, I'm really happy that I got because I feel like I wouldn't have had another chance to do it. It's just such a new musical to high schools. So I've like seen on TikTok, like every single high school is doing this musical right now. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, but yeah. So 
Thank you, guys. Any final thoughts or anything you want to plug about the Thespian Festival um, or society? We hope that for the people listening who aren't in Thespian Society or Improv Club, definitely join because it's fun. And mm-hmm. it's just a good way to make friends, too, and just, like, be yourself. Yeah. I'd say definitely join theater because I, I don't consider myself a very, like, extroverted person. But definitely over the years, like, being in theater, it's helped that. Like, I can public speak a lot better now, and mm-hmm. I don't know, if you just compare myself to when I joined in freshman year to how I'm leaving in senior year, I feel like theater has definitely shaped a lot of who I am. Oh, yeah. So I would say join theater and boost your confidence. Yes. So. And come see Mean Girls, March 17th, 18th, maybe the 19th, and then the following week, those same days. So it's going to be on Friday, Saturday, Sundays, I'm pretty sure. And also shout out to Miss Daly for raising us yeah. in theater. She's so good. I love you, Miss Daly. You can check out the Thespian Society Instagram or the CBHS Theater Instagram. Yep, that's right. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming in today. Thank you for letting thank us you be for here. Having us here. Yeah, for sure. Maintaining reliable wastewater pipelines and facilities is everyone's responsibility. They are simple actions we can all take to make sure that our wastewater system works. Pastor Valley Sanitary District wants to remind you to do your part to prevent sewer blockages by only flushing the three P's. Pee, poop, and toilet paper. Never flushing wipes and not putting fats, oils, and grease down the drain. Together we can do our part to keep our sewage lines clean and functional. For more information, visit cvsan.org slash wastewater. everyone. This is Zoe Dorado, the news and artist abode editor for the Olympian. The Trojan Horse podcast was created not just to inform the CVHS community, but to highlight the diverse opinions within it. Our next section, Student Voices, is a place for all students to showcase their unique perspectives on the world. I'm very excited to introduce our first student voice, poet Maggie Rodas. Hello, my poem is just from a perspective for me, how I'm tired of fighting and nothing works. I want to be the person to make change and acknowledge what makes the world uncomfortable, allowing not only my voice to be heard, but others who cannot even be heard. The poem is called Nuestras Hijas Son Nuestras Libertad. No estás bien, cuantas veces nuestra gente necesita dispersarse y lo llamamos un accidente. How many times do my own people need to say I love you through vents, birthing nothing but lovely words as you lash yourself upon us? How many times do we need to be on our knees needing to pray to God, but instead we have to consume children? Cuántas veces necesitamos usar de espaldas, esperando que lo que desnudamos no de nuestra libertad. We all have our representatives telling us a few more days, weeks, months, a few more lives in this mess is what they mean. So 
how many times do the children we see on the news need to beg for some food, teaching another, one another what to say when they get the chance of freedom, what to do when they see them, seeing a savior, seeing our God, before they've lost their love and home. And yet you continue to separate families, adding more enemies to your side and continuing to listen to our cries, to our yells in complete silence. To our children weeping for another day outside because who knows when they'll see the clear sky again. Necesitas hombres para luchar en el caos que causa. Los mismos hombres que enular. Los mismos hombres cuya madre han muertos en tus brazos. Entender que no somos, no somos diferentes. Understand we are no different. We fight for our future. We fight for our children of the future. Understand we are divergent because of the walls you build. No somos diferentes porque nuestras hablamos diferentes y damas. We will continue to fight. We will continue to unite one another. Understand our voices, our power. In ningún día estaremos callados. On Wednesday, February 1st, high school student-athletes across the nation officially committed to their college on National Signing Day. Here to interview one of those committed athletes from CVHS is Olympian great Wyatt Franklin. Hi everyone, it's Wyatt Franklin with the Olympian. I'm joined by track star Lene Sims. Hi, I'm Lene. I am 17 years old and I'm going to Fresno State. Did you just start doing track in high school, or did you do track before high school? I've been doing track ever since I was in fourth grade, and honestly, I knew I was going to be doing track for an extended amount of time since I was in first grade. I grew a passion for it when I was in middle school, because I was doing multiple sports before that, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to commit to. But I think once it hit like eighth grade and I made it to, no, seventh grade, and I made it to nationals for the first time, I knew that I wanted to pursue track and that I could possibly go to college for it, which is what I'm doing now. So you said that you were trying to do other sports, so do you have any other sports in mind before track? Um, I did so many. I did what I did swimming, I did taekwondo, I did tennis, and tennis was the main like competitor with track because I was putting so much time. I had put so much time already into tennis, but then once I proved that I could actually pursue track, I decided to drop tennis. Uh, what kind of made you like realize that you were going to stick with track? I think what made me realize that I was going to stay with track is not necessarily just that I was so good at it and that I really had a shot at being known like not just like in our region or like in our state but like possibly nationally. I think it was also the environment. I really liked how it was building me into like a different type of person, someone who was more independent while also learning how to like, you know, because track also has the relay, right? And I participate in that. Um, it also teaches me trust. It just teaches me a lot of life lessons that I feel like other sports can't teach you because track involves having to think about so many things at once. Like, it's not just about sprinting, it's also about, you know, your technique. Or like, it's not just about jumping, it's also about like your mindset while you're jumping. It's just, it's really healthy for me and I got the most out of it. So then, like the way you got to compete with colleges was sending out uh, recruitment things. It wasn't like uh, scouts or tryouts. Um, track is, with 
scouts and stuff, that's more of like they're looking at your very specific stats. Like baseball has scouts, football has scouts. Um, with track, it's numbers. So it's literally like if you can run at, if you can run this time or if you can jump this jump, like it's like automatically people are going to go find you. For me, as long as I like put my stats online or like my times, like my personal bests and stuff like that, colleges were able to find me pretty quickly. After a while, I think it was like last October is when like my profile really started to blow up. So was it just Fresno State that approached you or did multiple colleges approach you? Honestly, there were a lot of Division three schools that approached me. Like I, could, I couldn't even count on my fingers how many like asked to like, you know like talk to me or asked to like come down to the school. The actual like offer offer that I received was from Sonoma State. They talked to me first. They told me that they had come to my meets, that they had seen me compete, and that I literally sat down with them and they said, you know, like if you're here, we're offering you money, like to run at our school. I like, but Sonoma State's a Division Two. I knew I wasn't gonna get all of the resources I wanted at that school, which is why I wanted to give Fresno State a try. And I really liked their program, so I just, just decided to stick with them. So being a student athlete is more difficult with schoolwork. How do you think you balance school and sports together? The way that I'm able to balance it is just that like, in general, I like school. I like learning, I like, like the classes that I'm taking, so it makes me put a lot more effort into them. Um, track, with track, there are some weeks where I feel like I can't finish all of my homework. But, you know, I honestly, I honestly just pushed through it only because I value my grades and I value my intelligence a lot. So, I don't know. I honestly just make it work. I'm not sure how I'm able to do it. What do you think was the most important thing to your success in track? The most important thing to my success was maintaining a strong relationship with myself and maintaining a long relation, strong relationship with my coaches. because. There was a point in time where I literally felt like I was gonna quit. I was going through a really rough patch and my coaches kept pushing me through it. They were like, you cannot quit track. Track is your safe place, make it your safe spot. And once I learned how to you know, like own the track, I was able to rise above what I was facing at the time. And so I think that, like I said earlier, you know, track has built me as a person and I don't want to lose that person. That person is very valuable to me. So I think having the sport driving me to be better is the most important thing to me. What do you think has been like your biggest success so far? Making it to the state championships last year. I honestly didn't think it was going to happen. I, um, I had worked really hard that entire season, but I didn't think I had worked hard enough to be at that level. So, you know, I did the meets, I did the invitationals, I did all the stuff, um, but I just didn't feel like my training was at like the level of state championships. And it was my first one too, like when I won league, when I won Bayshore for long jump, when I won league, when I won Bayshore and I finally made it to an NCS championship, I was worried that that was gonna be it, but I ended up winning it, which would take me to state and I qualified top 10. So it, it was a really big deal and it just showed me that like I, I can't stop believing in myself. I have to keep believing in myself in order to achieve those goals. As long as I trust my ability and I trust my training, I'm gonna make it where I wanna go. 
And so, you know, it was just a very rewarding moment knowing that I was the best where I was at. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of The Trojan Horse. We would like to thank our guests for this episode. Charlotte Carpenter, Eileen Chen, Austin Chan, Annie Moore, Maggie Rodas, Lene Sims, and Jesse Wu. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media handles. That's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at CVHS Olympian. If you want to contact us, make sure to find that little green box on our website or shoot us an email at cvhsolympian at gmail.com. Also, look out for our new newspapers, our print edition in the little green boxes in 700 Hall, the library, the book room, the main office, and 200 Hall. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. And now, the part you have all been waiting for, the blooper reel. And Charlotte, anything for you? Um, not like within the school, or even outside of school. I mean, wait, what was the question? Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay, um. <laughs> not you, Austin uh, was just, would you like to be an act what you were doing to me before the show? Wait, what were they doing to you before the show? Was it before? I think it was like right before the show, and I was panicking. I'm like, oh, oh. my god, I'm gonna throw up. And you're yes, like, I gripped Eileen by the shoulders and screamed, breathe in her face several times. Yay! Wow, camaraderie. That's that's amazing. She looked like she was about to pass out. It was not funny. You mean like? Actually, wait, no more. Sorry. Wait, you can cut all this out if you can, if you want. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just keep talking, it's okay. Since Austin was pointing at me, going off about what- <laughs> Okay, stop, stop, stop. You can't see this, but he has a very sharp finger. Finger? finger. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh. I think it's longer than this. Uh, Never mind. <laughs> 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 you can edit this out. Um, gonna do that. Ha ha, hi Drew! Uh, hi! Hey Drew. Okay. <laughs> hey Drew. Um, that was awesome. But anyway. <laughs>